Coming to you from Studio Ice Nine in Earth's capital, San Diego, California, USA. It's the Beatdown Show. If you don't think it's mess, you got the wrong damn address. Here is your indomitable host, C. Never allow someone to be your priority while allowing yourself to be their option. The immortal words of Mark Twain. Bienvenidos, beatdowners. Welcome back. And it is episode number 15 of the almighty Beatdown Show. <laughs> That's marvelous. And who am I? Just some dork with a podcast. I am your host, C. Colton, a.k.a. C. Fresh, a.k.a. C. Miss, a.k.a. C. Pap, a.k.a. Cornelius Coltniferous Third. Esquire, of course, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. And you're listening to The Beatdown Show. Uh, first of all, thank you to our voiceover emeritus, J-Dub, the top of the show. He's the voice you hear. And also thank you to our executive producer, engineer extraordinaire, the men without whom this would not be possible. He's just like Jesus. McCoolin. All right, McCoolin. And uh, he's keeping us going. He's on the ones and twos. He's making a sound real nice. So, without any further ado, we'll just tell you a little bit about how to reach out to the show. You can subscribe on iTunes, or you can use any number of other uh, podcast catcher programs, uh, apps rather. I personally like Podcast Addict. That's my favorite. But uh, subscribe there. You can find the episodes also at our website, beatdownshow.blogspot.com. Going back to iTunes and or Podcast Addict, feel free to leave us a review. Tell us how much we suck. Um, And you can also reach reach out to the show on our Facebook page and on Twitter at Beatdown Show. So, good stuff. Well, uh, we've got a lot to discuss. Real real quick, uh, let's let's go into the breakdown here. Breakdown? The flow will break you down. Let the flow will break you down. The flow will break you down. Let the flow will break you down. The flow will break you down. All right. Well, we're going to get into a couple of topics uh, off the start of the show. We'll talk a little bit about uh, biking in San Diego, riding bicycles, uh, the impact it has with commuters and cars and traffic, because that's kind of a hot button issue. And I recently got a bicycle, so uh, I feel like I can weigh in on that. We'll talk also about the, there's been an extremely high number of horses that have had to be put down this year at uh at del mar at the uh racetrack up there in del mar 
I was also recently just at the track, but uh, it's it's a little disturbing. Uh, but it's something that we really need to touch base on. Then we'll get into sports. We'll talk about the most polarizing figure in San Diego sports right now, Joey Bosa, the Chargers draft pick, uh, who has still not signed. And uh, we'll get into prepping a little bit for college football season. The Aztecs are going to be real good this year. And there's really a lot to be excited about, even if you're not an alum or a fan. There's plenty of room on the bandwagon. I suspect people will be jumping on once they get rolling here in the fall. Uh, the Padres will obviously discuss them and how they're just kind of playing out the string. Then we'll discuss music, and we have a lot going on in San Diego. Really big, huge names have been playing locally. We'll talk about that. And we have a gorgeous Boy Scouts show to uh, to report from. Uh, that, in case you didn't know, is the band that our executive producer, McCoolin, plays in. You can find them at gorgeousboyscouts.com and see when they're playing upcoming local shows. I know there's a show coming up in Orange County down the road. I would imagine there'll probably be another local show. They're ramping up and they have it uh, real. Uh, they have it going real well right now. So we'll discuss that. What you drinking on? Of course, we'll talk about a great local beer. Uh, then we'll finish up with restaurant bar etiquette and the beat down list the signature portion of our show of course well man i've got certain information let me drop it on the one <laughs> that's right i'm gonna drop it ant bank style so here we go let's jump right into the show uh first of all yes i recently purchased or received a bicycle uh thanks pop uh, the old man did not have any need for his old Schwinn 10-speed that he used to ride to UCLA in the 1970s. Asked if I wanted it, got it tuned up and set up for me, and now I am uh, a cyclist, uh, which is exciting. I enjoy I enjoy that way of getting around town and transportation. As you know, if you uh, have seen just some of the uh, the kind of infrastructure around San Diego and the city, especially the city is trying to make San Diego more of a bicycle friendly city. However, you know, there, there's always going to be pros and cons to doing that. And really the debate kind of uh, focuses on taking away space for cars to add bike lanes and wider bike lanes and, you know, then that adds to congestion and traffic. It's a really slippery slope, and I I love bicycles. It's I think it's a great way to get around, especially when you live in North Park or University Heights or Hillcrest or downtown even, just as long as you're being careful. But I can see where the folks that don't ride bikes, uh, which is the majority of the population, have a trouble with the traffic, you know, snarls that are happening because there's fewer car lanes or they merge together. It's an interesting debate. I, I'm all for the cycling just from a clean, green energy type of standpoint. And there's always going to be need for cars because people need to get around, get to work. Uh, this ties in with a whole other host of public transit issues and ridership 
on the local buses. But there's a great piece in the San Diego Reader about uh, the the raging debate over cycling and whether or not uh, San Diego is doing the right thing by moving forward and trying to encourage cycling and disincentivize riding around in cars. So interesting. If anybody has any thoughts on that, like like I said, react with the show. I I tend to uh, tend to keep uh, company with a lot of folks that are big time cycle enthusi- bicycling enthusiasts, and um, so I'm sure people would weigh in on that. Changing gears, sixteen yes, sixteen horses have been euthanized this racing season at Del Mar. That's up from nine last year and 11 in 2014 and uh it's got the animal rights activists frothing at the mouth now i can tell you this i was at del mar recently went for a day of betting on the ponies have some drinks get out into one of san diego's best landmarks and that's great and thankfully no horses uh were put down that day but it's definitely a taboo topic that you don't talk about when you're at the races. It's just gained a lot of notoriety because 16 is a high number. And honestly, Del Mar doesn't really know why it happens more often than not. Several of these horses, it should be noted. Uh, I believe it's 10 of the 16 were put down during training sessions. So in the morning when the, when the horses are taken out to train and like practice, if you will, training. Uh, and six have happened during actual races. And it's traumatic because you've got the the equine ambulance moving around the track when the horses are going. And I, I can tell you this, my whole time I was just thinking, let's get through the day without any issues on that particular day that I went to the races. Thankfully, there were none. I think it's a I think it's a staple, a landmark. People know Del Mar racetrack all over the country. It's gorgeous. It's where the turf meets the surf, Bing Crosby and all that. It's it's really a great outing for the family. If Even if you're not a degenerate gambler and, and, and aren't interested in that. But, uh, you know, even just talking with my mother the other day, my mom said she's gone to her last her last trip to the track. She just can't move past the sort of brutality and, or the, uh, the sadness and sorrow of having, of having to euthanize these, these beautiful creatures. So hopefully, uh, Delmar can figure that out. I mean, there's always going to be that aspect of horse racing and that's why the animal rights activists are against it. I get it. I just, uh, I just think that, um, that number is real high and, uh, hopefully, we can prevent any more problems with that. Well, that's a perfect segue into uh, a little segment I like to call Sports. I don't know if it'll make any change, but I figure it's time for me to start playing ball. I don't care what the scoreboard says, at the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. Just like Jimmy Chitwood there at the top of that drop, I think Chargers rookie defensive end Joey Bosa should just walk into practice one day and say 
I think it's time I start playing ball. Well, Joey, it is time you start playing some ball. He, he's the number three pick in this most recent NFL draft. He's the only first rounder who's still unsigned, and it's been a month. And the problem is Joey and the team are getting hung up on some of the language of the contract on when he would receive most of that $17 million signing bonus he got, which is market rate. He didn't have a problem with the amount. It's the team wants to pay him after the first of the year, the bulk of it, and he wants it before that. I mean, it's his money. He uh, he earned it by being a top college prospect out of Ohio State. And, you know, his his agents and his team can't seem to get together with with the Chargers. The uh, it's all it's all that the news can talk about when you when you flip over to ESPN or the NFL Network because he's missing preseason games and so he's going to come in way behind if he comes in at all because it seems like the team and he are very far apart on this. Uh, I think the funniest thing that happened out of all that was his mom criticized the Chargers. Maybe leave it to the agents, mom. You probably don't need to be saying anything about I know you know I know you love your son and he's a great player and he he could really help the Chargers if he comes in and and you know lives up to expectations but my goodness uh, they got to get this figured out because if they don't he'll miss the whole season there's a scenario where he could go back into the draft and then the Chargers don't even get him and it's wasting a pick that they could have used to improve the team and the team needs improvement. Four and twelve last season. They're hoping for a better showing. I think that the uh, the AFC West could be there for the taking, only because Peyton Manning retired from Denver, but their defense is still fantastic. But the Chargers could use a real shot in the arm if Boza and the team can come together and figure this thing out. And believe me, the average fan doesn't really want to hear about. Some millionaire arguing with the billionaires, meaning the owners, over uh, over these um, you know enormous contracts. So Joey's not doing himself any favors. But I know this. I'm sure Team Spanos, the, the family that owns the Chargers, they must bear some responsibility in this issue. And uh, hopefully they'll get it figured out. But he's going to be coming in way behind, and uh, it's going to hurt. His development, and uh, and his, and if you think about it, his chance for future endorsement deals. Because if you're not playing, you're not getting any endorsement deals. All right, moving on. Aztecs, college football, nearly upon us. San Diego State might have one of the best teams they've ever had, and it's been kind of building for a few years with what Brady Hoke, the head coach, set up, and then Rocky Long took over when Hoke left for the Michigan job. Uh, ESPN uh, has them ranked number 25 in the nation at the preseason. That means nothing until they get on the field. But they do have an exciting team coming back, led by running back DJ Pumphrey, who I think has an outside shot at the Heisman. I'm not saying he's going to win the Heisman. I'm just saying he is so dynamic out of the backfield and catches balls and finds the end zone that I think that he could absolutely help put San Diego State kind of on the national map. Uh, the exciting thing about it is in week two, 
Aztecs get a real big, real big chance at taking down a power school from the Pac-12. Yes, the Cal Bears are going to be in town, and they haven't really been all that strong the last few years. So the fact that you can get Cal to come to San Diego and play play you in a home game for the Aztecs at the Q is huge. Keep an eye out for that. That's a game I'd love to go to and root for the for the red and black. Um, also, a little footnote, athletic director Jim Sturck left San Diego State for the Missouri job. Again, the rich get richer, and it's a it's a very powerful position because, of, of course, Missouri is a, a power conference team from the SEC. But uh, Sturck did a great job and also really setting the table for the athletic department at San Diego State as a whole. In fact, we know how good the basketball team is, and now football's been picking it up and just keeping his coaches happy, keeping them paid, and fundraising like crazy. So we'll see what happens this coming football season for the Aztecs. Padres, they're still playing some gritty ball. They've been trading basically fourth place and last place in the NL West with those filthy snakes from Arizona. Yes, the Diamondbacks. Um, They've just been kind of moving up and down, kind of the same way that the Giants and the Dodgers are trading first and second place in the top half of the division. Um, So it's interesting. You know, I like the effort that I'm seeing when I go to games. you got Ryan Schimpf at second base, who's got some power, and he's been really, really a surprise. He's got that great compact swing. Jankowski is fast and hustles and plays a great center field. He's a good one to root for. Uh, you've got local product like Alex Dickerson from Poway High School who's getting his shot now that there's been all these trades. So they're playing out the string. Get out to a game. Enjoy yourself. I went to one of the games in the most recent home series against the Cubs. That was a lot of fun, except for that the Cubs swept the Padres. But the Cubs may well win the World Series this year. And it's always fun to go to games at home because the Cubs fans come out of the woodwork. And they're they're pretty great for the most part. And, hey, you know what? This is our reality. I've said before on other beatdown shows, you know, you get a really, really popular team that's playing great ball with already a huge fan base of transplants that live in town like the Cubs. You know, it's going to sometimes feel like a Cubs home game. And I'm not even – I. My, my word to you, San Diego, true blue Padres fans, is don't ever be depressed by that. They're here because people want to live here, and it's why we love this city. So there shouldn't be any shaming of Padres fans because there's still plenty that go out to the games. It's just sometimes they get overwhelmed by some of these massive fan bases when they come to town, and it makes sense. So you just have to live with that, and there's really no use complaining about it. So that's that's always been my take on it. Let's focus on the positive. You might t- take two or three games off that good team, and then you can really stick it to their fans at the bars after. So, well. Music! You're listening to The Beatdown Show, featuring the insuperable C. Colton. Now, back to the show. Well, it's been a it's been a huge couple of weeks in San Diego. 
with some of the massive shows that have come to town. And summertime is really the time when a lot, all the big festivals happen and and uh, all the great bands that tour the country come to town. Uh, just just in the last couple of weeks, Guns N' Roses at the Qualcomm, Dave Matthews Band at Sleep Train Amphitheater. Uh, the Roots are coming to play at Del Mar after the races on uh, Labor Day weekend. The legendary Roots crew. Can't wait to go to that. I'm scheduled to make an appearance for that show. And it should be exciting. They're terrific. Uh, something that should be on people's radar. Speaking of while at Del Mar, the Kabu Music Festival is back. It's September 16th to the 18th. I suppose now they kind of got wise to people don't want to buy three-day passes if they don't have to. Um, but here's a look at, at some of the big names that are going to be playing that weekend. Not all on the same night here. Uh, but, you know, Jimmy Buffett, Fallout Boy, Hall and Oates, Aerosmith on another night with Lenny Kravitz, the Goo Goo Dolls, Third Eye Blind, Steel Pulse. And then on one of the other nights, Jack Johnson, the Avet Brothers, Cypress Hill, G Love and Special Sauce, and lots of other great bands playing. So now you can get single day passes, I think at a around 100 to 125 bucks. I'm not going to hate on festivals. It's really easy. People hate on Coachella or they like, oh, that lineup is so weak this year. This is pretty strong, I think. I just, you know, I think that the general public, you know, will really have a tough time affording, you know, three-day passes at three or $400. So the, this single-day passes thing is a good idea, and I think that's a little easier for your average pro proletariat to digest when laying down for an all-day concert festival. I seem to remember uh, in some of the early promotional like ads uh, for Kabu in, in a lot of the uh, local magazines like City Beat and The Reader, Kabu was bragging about it's a, a great day. by the, It's a great experience to come to this festival down by the beach. There's VIP tickets available. And clean bathrooms was one of the really big selling points. I think that's I think that was a backhanded diss at Coachella and all the filthy, filthy porta potties that are, you know, sp sprinkled around the polo fields out there in the Coachella Valley. Um, so <laughs> I guess for some people that would be a, a selling point, clean bathrooms. Uh, also, there's no camping, so there's no probably dirty, sweaty hipsters or smelly hippies uh, around you at Del Mar um, who haven't showered in three days. Look, I'm, I also don't want to hate on Coachella. I've never been, but Kabu is kind of Coachella by the sea, you know, for Del Mar without the camping and I guess without the filthy porta potties. So if any of you are going to that, enjoy yourselves. Um, another show that's coming up pretty soon Huey Lewis in the news playing at Humphreys again. I mean, just massive national acts that are coming. Um, as you know, that we like to prompt local bands and I'm happy to report that on August 16th, our, uh, our boys, the gorgeous boy scouts played a great show at the Marrow in Hillcrest McCoolin. Of course, our, uh, intrepid producer is the drummer. And also a guitarist, rhythm guitar, 
Is that uh, kind of your role when you break that out? Rhythm guitarist. Uh, he's just a man of extraordinary talents. I thought it was a good show, man. Um, 91X's Halloran was there, and he was giving notes on uh, the other two bands as well that played the uh, the set. Um, Boy Scouts were last uh, up, up as the headliner at, uh, at the Marrow. Tough on a Tuesday night. I think the only thing that uh, is tough for a Tuesday night show, especially if you're the headliner, you're hitting the stage at 11 or 11.15, I think it actually was. And that's just tough for the working individual to go. So the crowd wasn't probably as big as you would have liked. But nonetheless, it, I thought it was a great show. I've been to a couple couple GBS shows now, and this one by far was one of my favorites. I think the setup and the room is pretty great over at the Moreau. Um, so I hope that uh, the band was encouraged by uh, by at least getting out there and, and Halloran, uh, give him credit. He's kind of uh, been a staple uh, in the local San Diego you know, music and radio scene, and he stayed till the very end of the set. And he gave some really pointed, I thought, great notes. And he really liked the potential of the band. So that's exciting. Again, check him out at gorgeousboyscouts.com if you have not uh, seen uh, seen them play yet. I think we were going to play a, cr- a clip from the song For Your Consideration. So we'll cue that up here. I really like that tune. It's one of the more up-tempo ones. Uh, one of the uh, one of the slower tunes, Trampolines, is uh, kind of a fan favorite. Uh, so if you get to see them, you'll love both of those songs. And it's pretty terrific. But uh, big, big things happening for them. We're excited. Lead singer Nick and bassist Mike do a great job. And hey, McCool, you sounded pretty good on the kit right there, man, on that uh, that clip. So... Keep up the good work, slapping them skins. I see you, McCools. I see you up there. So nice work. Check them out. Um, also, one last note on the local music scene. I just heard the other day that great band that is a beatdown show favorite, Hills Like Elephants, are breaking up. That's too bad. They are terrific. And uh, we're sorry to see them go. And hopefully something, uh, some other side project will come up or... Maybe they'll get back together. I don't know all the details, but really sorry to hear that. And, uh, you know, hopefully they uh, move on and, and find their creative outlet in another way. And two of them are moving to New York. And two of them are moving to New York. So, yeah, a, a uh, you know, a, uh, you know, a reunion show probably doesn't seem likely at this juncture. But you never know. Sometimes people head out to the big town and then they realize the grass isn't always greener. But, hey, I, I wish them the best, and uh, it's going to be a void that some of these other local bands will have to pick up. So there's your chance there, McCoolin, with the, with the Boy Scouts. Get it going. Um, and uh, now I'm getting a little thirsty here. So. Be careful, man. There's a beverage here, huh? I like a beverage. 
kind of thirsty. Oh, yes. I love this part of the show. Because we actually uh, sample, we do an actual on-air beer tasting. I guess we're not really on the air, but we definitely try out brand new beer, and we love giving our notes about it. There's a great other podcast that does this, that does this and talks about all things drinking and covers it in a way we couldn't ever do and that's the we like drinking podcast friends of of the beatdown show we love them their podcast is great they're on itunes you can find them on podcast addict and a little plug i appeared on their 80th episode so we're, we're up to number 15 here at the beatdown show these guys are way more consistent they've got a couple of wine aficionados they have a a dude who brews his own beer and he his knowledge about the craft beer scene is terrific. So thank you guys again to the Jeffs, both Solomon and Eccles, and then John Ruyak, the beer guy in Costa Rica. It was great being on the show with you guys, and I pump you guys any chance I get. I think, I think they've probably done about three or four episodes since I appeared, but this was my first opportunity to thank them again for letting me uh be a guest and and kind of chime in on things and it was an opportunity for me too to of course promote san diego's craft scene not that it needs promoting but it's great it's great to promote it when three guys that know the scene and know the beer down here well but live in other places uh, like costa rica colorado and good old gilroy it's good for them to, to get an idea of kind of what i'm seeing in the local uh, scene here. So that was a lot of fun. Well, today we're going to be drinking a TJ beer. Yes, Tijuana, Mexico is producing craft beer. And Insurgente, who I think we've actually done one of their beers a while back when uh, our friend of the show, Nickelodeon Gladden, came on. Uh, I believe we had the La Lupulosa. I'd have to go back and, and double check. But this one is interesting. They do collaboration beers with other breweries and other brewers this this one on the label says it's a collaboration beer but today we're going to be drinking the insurgente cabras and it is a dry hopped sizen with uh i hope i i don't i don't i don't even know what these are but dry hopped sizen with britannomyces i don't even know if i'm saying that right i don't know what they are but uh, allegedly, they give it a, uh, a nice, clean finish. Yeah, this is a petite saison with dank hops, and it's a sessionable beer, so it's only 4.6% on the alcohol scale. McCoolin, let's touch them up. To your health and to the gorgeous Boy Scouts. So like a lot of saisons, it's going to have kind of qualities... Uh, of a of a lighter drinking beer, but sometimes they're a little bit sour. This one's got a little bitterness to it. I didn't even look at the IBUs. Um, let's take another sip to just be sure. By the way, um, TJ Beer, and they're, they're proud of that on the label of this Cabras Saison. It says, Ise un insurgente, 
Toma artesanal. So there you go. You know, uh, that roughly translates to we actually make good beer down here in TJ, not just piss like Corona. And we are coming up and you should drink craft beer, which is, of course, what we always say here. I, I, I like it. Uh, McCoolin, what do you think, man? So, so is it growing on you? Maybe. Um, anyway, Insurgente, they're, they're doing good stuff. They've, they've done a collaboration with Alesmith, uh, that I tried not too long ago. And I really liked that. Um, again, that just shows you the beer community here in San Diego is really a fraternity and they, they really do come together, uh, rather than seeing each other as competitors and just about anybody I've ever met that works in the local craft beer scene in San Diego says the same thing. Of course, they also then talk your ear off about how great their beer is and haven't been to the tasting room at, you know, Joe Blow down the street. But uh, I think that comes that comes as part of it, too. And I think where, where they really all get together are these beer festivals and beer gardens where there's, you know, 20 or 30 different brewers that are there, sometimes more. So get out to a local beer festival if you can. Uh, the Cabras is uh, pretty solid. We're going to sap on this as we uh, play the, uh, you know, the uh, disclaimer. The Beatdown Show recommends that you respect the craft. Please drink responsibly. Respect the craft. Respect the craft. You gotta respect the craft. Well, this is perfect. This is our restaurant bar etiquette segment we're going to flow into. And it actually has to deal with beverages, but not of the alcoholic variety. And again, the restaurant bar etiquette segment, we don't do it every show, but I am a uh, professional in the restaurant bar hospitality industry. And I don't like, I'm not a big fan of telling people what to do. And I don't even want to call it advice, but I think sometimes people don't act right when they go out. And so these are just mere helpful suggestions. Hey, maybe it makes me sound like a douche. I try to make it, I try to bring it from both sides too, because I'll criticize I'll criticize the service industry employees or owners as much as I'll criticize customers. So it's not just somebody from the industry saying bad, you know, talking mess about customers. So here's, here's my thing this, on this particular segment. When did the practice of bringing your own beverage to a restaurant or bar, mostly a restaurant, when did that take hold? When did this begin? Okay, now I don't mind a person that brings like a personal water bottle. Um, you know, I'm not talking about an unopened, you know, water bottle, but I'm talking about one that somebody takes around with them all day. You know, that's fine. I see those. I don't have a problem with that. And I get it. Some people, when they go out, they spend enough money on the food. They save a little money by not buying drinks. That's fine. I'm never going to criticize people that are, you know, trying to uh, keep their bill price down. But the thing I do have a problem with is people bringing in their giant coffee or in some cases a sports drink or a soda or, or, or other beverage that, uh, <laughs> you know, that has the other restaurant's logo on it. Are you kidding me? I mean, even even the dog down the street has a problem with that. That's why 
That's why he's barking about that right now. But, uh, but so I, I don't know. I just think that I've been places before where I've had to finish my drink outside or pour it out. And I don't tell people to do that when they step in to the restaurant that I work at. But I just think that people should really, really think twice about bringing in the sodas or the sports drinks or a giant coffee. Okay, yeah, some restaurants don't serve coffee. That's fine. But you went to Starbucks or your local coffee shop down the street and got some giant latte and you're bringing it in. I just, I just don't, I think that's Bush League. So I'm not a fan. So that's my suggestion. Usually McCoolin doesn't agree with me on these things. Uh, I'm looking to him now. What do you think? Don't really care. <laughs> uh, you don't disagree though. And normally he does disagree with me on that, but you know, that's his prerogative. So that's enough of that. Let's uh, go to the signature portion of the show. And it is called The Beatdown List. And this is where we have to set people straight, call them out, throw them under the bus for acting a fool. Well, this week it's easy. It's Joey Bosa. Defensive end, rookie, unsigned defensive end of the San Diego Chargers. Crying about whether you're going to get your extra million dollars before the 1st of January or not is just so ridiculous. And this is keeping you out of training camp. And it's also going to limit your career. Get it together. And Chargers, you guys get it together too. Sit down at the negotiating table. Don't pull the offer, Chargers, like you did. Joey, don't throw your hands up and have ridiculous expectations. Get in there. Get your butt into camp. Get that thing signed. And let's go. Until then, hit the bricks. And honestly, that's the only uh, that's the only buddy, the only person we're throwing on under the bus this time. The beatdown list segment of this podcast is intended for entertainment purposes only and does not condone or advocate violence in any form. Its larger purpose is to serve cautionary notice for the intended people or entities herein exposed that the informed populace is omnipresent, outraged, and fully operational and will no longer accept any tomfoolery, trickeration, hijinks, absurdity, robo-doping, carnival barking, hypocrisy, or insanity in any form or manner. What? So. So. Ever. Ever. Yeah, that disclaimer is really long, but I I wrote that thing myself, and I think it really kind of sums up what the beatdown list is all about. We're not advocating violence. We're just trying to, sometimes people need a little, little knock upside the head. Say, hey, come on, man, get it together, Joey Bosa. Anyway, thanks again to McCoolin, executive producer and extraordinaire, engineer extraordinaire, for doing a great job of keeping us together. <laughs> <laughs> That's marvelous. He is marvelous, and you can obviously find him uh, at the Gorgeous Boy Scouts Facebook page or GorgeousBoyScouts.com. Check out when they have upcoming shows, and go check them out, even if they're on a Tuesday night. Also got to thank the voiceover uh, extraordinaire. Why, why am I blanking on what I actually call him? Uh, emeritus. That's what I was thinking. 
J-Dub. I'm going to be in touch with him at some point. Love to get him back actually in the room and not just use his, his recording, but he does a great job. And I'm your host, C. Colton. Thank you very much for another Beatdown show. Keep, uh, keep checking us out on our Facebook page or on Twitter, React. You can subscribe on iTunes. I like Podcast Addict. Leave us a review. Tell us how much we suck. In the meantime, namaste. Namaste.